Well, hey there, podcast listener. How are you today? Like, really? Because if I could be honest, you're looking a little stressed out. And that's okay, because I've got your back. Because if you are feeling stressed out with life and work, left to feel unfulfilled, stuck, and ready for a new chapter to begin, well, I'm inviting you to change that. Because I want you to sit down with me and let's figure out a plan together, your life's roadmap, taking you from where you are right now and getting you to where you want to be. All you have to do is head on over to workwithkevin.coach. That is workwithkevin.coach to sign up. Until then, enjoy today's episode. Well, hello there, Lowdown listeners. My name is Jennifer Villamil, and I'm the host of my Almost Midlife Crisis podcast. My podcast tries to reframe the midlife crisis from a negative to an opportunity for positive change in our lives. And in season two, we are putting that theory to the test. After 18 years in advertising, I was laid off from my job and 13 weeks pregnant with my first child. If you've ever felt like you're yearning for a change, but you don't really know how to start, or you just want support while you get there, or if you're going through a geriatric pregnancy, then this one is definitely for you. And I hope that you'll download my Almost Midlife Crisis podcast wherever you get your podcast and listen today. But that's enough for me. Now I'm going to turn it over to your fabulous host, Kevin, at The Lowdown. Enjoy. Welcome to The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. The podcast shining light on the inspiring stories of ordinary people choosing to live out anything but ordinary lives, all in the hope that you will be inspired to live out your best life. Because this life, it's meant to be lived. And this podcast is meant to inspire you to do it. What's happening? Welcome back to The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe. This is episode 99 and... Whoa, baby, we're getting up there. First and foremost, thank you for joining me again this week. As always, if you're new to the podcast, I'm hitting your podcast feed each and every Wednesday morning. So like I said, if you're not already subscribed and following the podcast, be sure you hit that little follow button. I don't want you to miss anything happening here on The Lowdown with Kevin Lowe, especially since We're about to be embarking on a new century, heading into the 100s. Now, today for episode 99, I'm sitting down with Tim Brannion. Now, Tim is a guy whose story really interested me because he's a prime example that where we start does not have to dictate where we finish. He started his career in the United States Air Force. And as much as Tim is a huge supporter of the armed services, he realized that wasn't the direction he wanted to go in his life. So instead of continuing on the path that was easy, which I think a lot of us fall in this trap where we just get stuck in the rut, we don't want to make the hard decisions, do the difficult things, and so we just keep plugging away, and that's what leads to people being burned out in life. Instead, Tim, he made the hard decisions and he would ultimately leave the Air Force and find himself in the tech space because Tim found a real niche for himself 
in helping others to grow their companies, creating apps and platforms in the hundreds that has made a huge impact on various companies and organizations. The biggest thing about Tim is he's all about helping others because he teaches others how to build towards their own freedom and wealth. But even with all that Tim is doing in the tech space, which is really remarkable, especially with his latest endeavor with the platform True Fans, which we are going to dive into inside of today's episode, because me personally, I was very excited to learn more about this platform. If you are a creator, you're going to definitely want to listen up as we gain a greater idea into exactly what True Fans is, what it does, and how it came to be. But this is what's cool about Tim, is Tim is also just a genuinely awesome guy who cares about his family. Matter of fact, I loved part of Tim's bio that states, I'm the dad of two beautiful kids and the husband of one kick-ass wife. When I read that, I was like, OMG, this guy is too awesome. Here in amongst all these various stats that he's listing of all that he's been doing in his career, he doesn't fail to mention what really matters. And that's family. It's home. It's where we come from. And mm, Tim's an awesome guy who I'm super excited to have you meet right now. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Hey, I'm pumped to be here, Kevin. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Well, man, I'm super stoked to have you here today. And before we get diving into to stuff that you're doing today, like I'm super excited to learn more about true fans. I would love, though, for us to kind of go back a little bit, just get a little bit better idea of, you know, where you've come from, because I know that you didn't start off in the tech space. You actually were in the uh, the armed services, right? Yeah. So I started I was in the United States Air Force. That was pretty close right after high school. And yeah, didn't intend to get into the software space. It was just kind of my restlessness and discontent. I love my time in the service and I love my time even as a contractor, which was uh, doing similar things to what I did in the service just as a civilian. But it wasn't wasn't a way to live long term for me. It was, you know, they call it the service for the for a reason. Right. So I was constantly yep. <laughs> on the clock, constantly working. And, you know, I uh, had to be up super early in the morning and I was obligated to keep a lot of different standards that you know, in normal jobs, you really don't have to do. So I, I worked really hard and I, and I loved my, my time in the service, but it made me kind of grow up quick and just think about adapting. So technology came and, uh, you know, I was at a time where I was just looking at everything. How can I, how can I escape the matrix, if you will? How do I, you know, do something that I, that I like, but I can kind of set myself up on my own terms in life and uh, software made a lot of sense. So you know, yeah. I, uh, I got into it. <laughs> yeah, no, well, that that's cool. I mean, and, and I mean, isn't that, I mean, if, if we think about it, how most of us get in to whatever we're doing is wherever we were for some reason or another, we wanted something different, you know? And, and so it, it's kind of like a natural progression in life where we either, we don't like where we're at or we just 
think that we could do something different or, or want something a little bit better. And so you investigate it enough until all of a sudden pieces fall into place and you find yourself there, you know? Exactly. And I'm no different, right? I just had the courage to pursue something that uh, I thought made a lot of sense. Like after I took took the time to really kind of just dissect my current life and kind of audit what I liked, what I didn't like and what wealth meant for me and what it could mean, I gave it a shot. Because, you know, I yeah. typically look at like what's the worst case scenario. And uh, in this case, the worst case scenario was I learned, you know, through, through losing or failing. Yeah. And it's like, OK, I can give this a shot and we'll see. We'll see how this goes, you know, early on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's out. so. So what what branch of the uh, the service? So I went into at? the United States Air Force and my job was a military police officer. So inside that category of job, there's several different you know areas that you could wind up. You could do installation kind of security, right? Where you're doing more so like entry access to certain areas on, on military installations or federal installations. And then you could just be doing law enforcement. So just like, you know, if nobody has any experience with a military base, they're kind of like small cities. And, you know, they have everything from a fire department to financial services to hospitals, dental offices, you name it, restaurants. I mean, it's, it's literally like a small city. So they also yeah. need law enforcement there. So, you know, I've got some experience with that. And then we also have a combat element where we deploy and we support various missions around the globe. So I had an opportunity to, to deploy both the good places and bad places. And uh, there's also other other jobs inside the career field as well, where you work with military dogs and you specialize in that canine. Oh, and there's wow. combat arms, which is in my career field where you specialize with weapon systems. So okay. you're the expert that teaches other people on base how to use various weapon systems based on the mission. Yeah. Then there's there's operation special investigations. So kind of like our FBI inside the Air Force. OK, OK. All sorts of cool little little verticals yeah. inside my career field. Yeah, no, that's very cool. It, it's actually, you're you're right because we we all have just this this such limited view of when we when we think of like the armed service. We, oh, okay, well you're you're a soldier just out in, in battle. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, it definitely broadens your horizon when you get when you're inside of it and you realize how big it is and yeah, you realize that one career field there's probably 10, 20 plus different occupations inside that one career field really yeah different different services so yeah 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 so so how long total were you were you in the service i was in for a little over six years okay both combined active and reserve it was towards what year was that i got out in 2013 2012 13 i can't remember okay yeah 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 <laughs> and then you know my my idea was to go to school and i was going to go to school and i was going to do great and i was going to continue succeeding and I, and i had a great resume and when i got to school i was extremely burnt out man i felt like cattle i felt yes. like it was i was like sitting in a room with people that didn't really know why they were there and didn't really have a plan of action it was just kind of the next chapter and like the expectation, I guess, was just to go to school. And yep. and I remember being really disappointed. And uh, I was I felt like I wasn't going anywhere fast. So it wasn't 
you know, long after getting into school, I think I lasted like two semesters. Yeah. <laughs> I jumped at the chance to go work overseas as a civilian contractor. Okay. Supporting the Department of Defense, but in a civilian role. So I made really good money and I was doing similar roles to what I did when I was in the military, but I was in a civilian status. So I actually lived out in Kuwait uh, in the Dubai area for a little over three and a half years. Wow. The idea was when I went out there, I was going to make as much money as humanly possible. And, okay. Uh, okay. I was going to, you know, come up with a plan. I didn't really have a plan outside of I'm just going to create a bunch of money. <laughs> yes. And uh, yeah, so that's, again, kind of backtracking how I got into the tech space. It was after that three year mark that I was just it was Groundhog's Day every day. And I would just think about time and I would look at my family and, and like my life away from the states and uh, just just think that I needed a change. You know, I missed home. I've I missed, you know, I didn't have a relationship at that time. I was I was lonely, you know. Yeah. So I had all this money, but I was miserable. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but still grateful for the opportunity, but truly just like, you know, I can't live like this forever. I don't want to do this for, yeah. forever. I want to even make half this money, but own my time and, and really kind of create create a life I don't need a vacation from. Yes. But and, uh, yeah. But doesn't that right there speak to the deeper meaning of life where, you know, like so many of us have this idea that, okay, if we only made more money, we would be happier. But in the yeah. true essence, life's about so much more than that. Totally. No. And you, I feel like that's kind of like when you hit that threshold, whatever your freedom number is, whatever that number is you're going after, it's important to just kind of stop and reflect. And then I think what you will just discover hopefully is your idea of wealth is inclusive of other things. And while money is a great tool and it can open doors and, and it, you know, it can, it can definitely provide some luxuries. It's not it, you know, yep. <laughs> so you yeah. still need relationships. You still need love and companionship. I feel like, I feel like, you know, friends and family and experiences that those are rich and, and yes. even kids, right? Like I, I've got two kids now and a wife and, I'm a rich man, you know, not just, not just in money. So I am curious talking about all of this, where, where was home for you? Where was home? Yeah. When, when we talk about home and, and when you're, you know, you're living, you know, other side of the world, where, where was, was back home? Like, where did you grow up at? So I grew up in Kokomo, Indiana, okay. which is in the Midwest, about 40 minutes North of Indianapolis. Okay. And uh, it's more of like a blue collar town. Um, we've got a factory here called Chrysler, which is pretty much the aortic artery okay. of the city. <laughs> it's where everybody kind of, you know, for a large majority of people work and one of the higher paying jobs here in the city. And, uh, you know, I, I never even considered that as, you know, kind of a stopping ground for me. I saw it. I obviously knew about it in high school and growing up and knew that's where people work, but I just, I wasn't fascinated or intrigued at all about that, like working there just yes. to create some money. I, I just knew that I was, I needed to do something different, you know, yeah. just um, not, not that there's anything wrong with that and carving out a life working in the factory at all. And, yeah. Or even with your hands in that, that aspect. But just for me, I was never really intrigued on that. For me, it, what made the most sense very primitively, you know, I looked around and I, in high school, if that's the time frame we're, we're talking about, I saw 
the guys that went off to college and they would come back and I saw what they had and I saw how they spoke and I saw maybe a few pounds that they had added to themselves. <laughs> and, uh, you know, then I'd see the military guys and gals that came back and the pounds that they had lost and how they spoke and how they carried themselves. And, you know, maybe they're driving a new vehicle. They had, they could buy drinks at the bar. And I thought, huh, this is different. You yeah. know, and I, and I was intrigued. So I'd ask them questions and I, I asked how it was and, you know, I, I think people would be lying if they said that they weren't afraid when they first, you know, were considering enlisting. Of course. But it's always an exploration, I think. You know, get as much information as you can, trust but verify for yourself. And that's what I did, man. And and ultimately, with some excitement, I, I joined. But it was the best, best decision, I think, at that time. And I, I definitely don't regret it at all. So it really set me up for uh, a solid foundation to build yeah. from. So that's no, that that's awesome. And that's what I was, I was literally just going to say to you, it sounds like you're actually somebody who is very grateful for the opportunity that being in the service gave you. Oh, definitely, man. I, 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 uh, I still have some of my best friends today are in the service or they're, it's crazy to think like what rank they're at now. Yes. When I got in, you know, <laughs> senior airman staff sergeant. Now some of them are master sergeants. They're putting on senior master sergeant, which is like E8, E7, E8, which is you know pretty high. They're all in leadership positions now. And it's crazy for me to think about. Like, man, is that where we? Is that where we're at? We're the old guys now. And yes, that is the case. And um, so I'm really proud of them still. And it's it'll be cool when it's their time to leave the service, and yes. I can very likely help them transition or be somebody they can talk to or connect with. And, you know, I got out after six years, they've been in and they will be in very likely 20. Yep. So to transition from that line of work and that regiment, that culture, that, that society, if you will, into a totally different one. I mean, that's shell shock in a lot of cases. So how was that process for you? You know, it wasn't, I'm, I'm I don't think it, it would have, I don't think it's comparable Somebody that's getting out after 20. Yes. Because I just did a you know short six. But that being said, you know, you have to look at your life as linear and not like chapters. So the biggest thing, I'll just explain the problem. The biggest thing I think people do is they say, this is my military life. This is my civilian life. And they segment it. Okay. Whereas they need to realize that it is just chapters in a linear life. And yes here's the here's the stories and the times and the experiences that you had here and now you're just in a different chapter but it's the same life and you're the same you're the same valuable person you're the same yes you know you have the skills and the experience from that chapter of life but don't consider it two different lives yeah and i think that's helpful to a lot of you know people that are in the in the service yep. or leaving the service but for me man it was it was exciting but it was also you know, nerve wracking at times. I didn't have kids or a wife at the time. So it was a little less of a, sh a shell shock. I was good. Um, I can't imagine getting out with like kids and a wife after that amount of time. Sure. It'd be a little, <laughs> scary, yeah. a little, little bit more <laughs> scary, but um, you know, I, if I had to give a suggestion for people to simplify that is plan early, you know, plan, plan your escape or plan your retirement early, be prepared to transition and, and, um, you know, then, then it'll soften the blow a bit. Yeah. Have a new opportunity if you need one lined up. Yeah. And adjust. But yeah, 
That's that's right. And 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 so so basically kind of like what you you were describing was I, I looked at it in the fact of don't look at it as, you know, your your life in the military is one book and then you're starting a new book. They're just chapters in the same book. Exactly. You know, it's just your story continued and you know, each chapter builds upon itself, you know, ultimately making you the person you are in the life that you've lived. Exactly. And and the truth is like if you can maintain the discipline and characteristics that made you successful in the military, you're going to be very successful in in your life in general, no matter what yes. you're doing. It's you know, the characteristics of discipline and taking care of other people, whether they're your customers or the company that you work for, you know, service before self mentality, yep. the discipline to to get up and take care of your health and take care of the things that need to get done. Your mission, if you will. Yes. If you can take care of business and be consistent and disciplined consistency towards, you know, in the military called a mission. But in, in life, you know, your goals you're going to do really well. Yeah. Over a prolonged period of time. Yeah. Well, well, absolutely. So, so I'm curious. So when you got out of the service, how did you enter into this tech space? Yeah. So I was actually a civilian in the contracting world. Okay. I was in Kuwait and I had racked my brain on everything from a hot dog stand to a bar to a hookah lounge to a <laughs> restaurant franchise. And I was just thinking, what could pay me both in money, time, freedom, flexibility, something that's not going to be a huge headache or at least limit some of the headache, but not having to deal with, you know, personnel, what's a low cost to entry. What's something that I can sell digitally. Yep. Right. And that that's when my, my head just kind of started moving more and more towards digital. Yes. And uh, then I just, I had an idea for a software. Um, I had an idea initially, it was a social media kind of platform, social media system really that helped people build their audience okay. online through Instagram. And it just made a lot of sense. And I saw that there was opportunity. The market wanted something like this. I just added enhancements to it. And uh, that was the first platform that I built. And I went... You know, the hardest part at that point wasn't the idea and the thing that I knew would work. It was getting developers yes, and finding a team that could actually engineer it because I wasn't a coder. Yes. Right? <laughs> Couldn't build the house. I knew it needed to be built for the customer, but I didn't, yeah. you know, I don't have, didn't have the tools to build it. So I did what probably most people do. You know, you ask your friends and family, yep. you you know, see if there's a coder in that relationship. Then you maybe go to Upwork, Fiverr, LinkedIn, and you hope for the best. <laughs> and you, send a, you send a broadcast out of what you're looking for. And then you try to figure out what's this pricing like? How is this going to work? And you, you try to protect your investment. and You just do the best you can. Yes. And a lot of people maybe get lost in the weeds there or their, their idea never comes to fruition or they lack belief that they could even find somebody to help them bring their idea to life. There's all, there's all sorts of obstacles. But for me, I was stubborn enough and persistent enough that I, you know, first I got scammed. Okay. <laughs> okay. Second, but I kept going. Secondly, I found somebody that already had existing software and I asked him, who did you work with? I mean, that led me to a relationship and then, Fast forward, long story short, I've been working with my team that I have now for years. And 
but that, you know, I had to pay the tuition of learning experiences of failure before finding them. So that's, you know, if I had to go back, I would have started first by asking someone that has existing, you know, first finding somebody that has existing software platforms and then asking him or her, Hey, who's your team? Yes. Did they work with, with other clients? Because, you know, they've obviously found some proven success. Yep. And uh, the truth is a lot of software never leaves the shipyard. Yeah. Because there's a lot of communication that, that matters. There's a lot of, there's a lot of planning and, and blueprints that should be in place. And when there's ambiguity, which oftentimes there is when, when you don't have any experience, yep, yep. <laughs> you know, plans get destroyed. So I've learned the hard way. But I'm glad. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Here I am now. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So so now what was the final product that you created? So we created a platform that was similar to uh, Instagram. I don't know if anybody knows what that is. But basically what it would do was automate behaviors on Instagram to go out and perform things on your behalf. So if you were a nonprofit in the ocean conservation space and you wanted to attract people to be donors or supporters of your thing, you could program the tool to go out and find your ideal patrons or supporters and like their stuff, comment on their stuff, send the DMs, just basically automate engagements to move people back to your channel to then choose to like, comment, click the link, et cetera. This was very early on too. So this was before a lot of bots made their way. Okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't, (laughs) you know, recommend any of these (laughs) tools now, but very early on we were some of the first. Yes. Okay. And uh, yeah. 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 Well, that's so now how did coming up more present day, true fans tell me about this. Yeah. So, you know, I've never really set out to have a great idea. I just am really good at, seeing where things suck or hearing where things suck and finding ways to make them not suck or make them awesome. I love it. I love this mentality. How can we make this suck a little less? (laughs) Exactly. And that's what, you know, you're paid in direct proportion, your ability to make things not suck, you know, honestly. And, and, and you become very valuable if you're skilled at, at improving things and, solving problems, et cetera. So that's, you know, I, I uh, saw what was wrong in the market, you know, with traditional social media, people's data is being sold. More people are keen to that and understand what's happening there. Your reach is limited. That sucks, yep, right? Yep. You're, you're only getting like one to 2% engagement, even though you, you build a community on these platforms. <laughs> exactly. If people are being demonetized left and right for various reasons. There are people who, are being deplatformed for various thoughts and opinions like dialogue was under attack. And yep. I think that sucks. I think free speech is important for any growing, thriving humankind. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, uh, you know, the, all those things sucked. And then I looked at the market who's out there. Right. So I, I looked at our competitors and I looked at, you know, I looked, looked for inspiration and I saw things that they were doing that are awesome and I'm proud of them. And then I saw things, that sucked. And then I found out, okay, here's where we can be the logical choice. So some of those things were with our platform, we're hundred percent invite only for content creators. Not just anybody can gain access to have a channel. Yes. The other thing is we, we pay more 
And we also pay faster. We just launched instant payments. So when somebody has active funds, they can withdraw them directly into their account within seconds. They like that. Yep. We created more features and functionalities that help content creators monetize their audiences. There's no limitations of reach. There's no algorithms that diminish that reach because it's more of a partnership in the sense that true fans, the platform, we take a a 20% fee in lieu of customer support, tech support, helping them monetize, giving them strategy, and then giving them a platform that is really enhanced to help them create their community on. So yeah, and then the biggest thing is, dude, we don't allow porn. So we became this uh, this wholesome alternative. Yeah, that you know, there's a large amount of people that would love to have a fan site, but didn't want to be associated to the adult industry. So we thought that we would carve out our our space there, and uh, it's gone really well. We help creators outside of that industry all the time. Yeah, musicians, artists, blog writers, uh, even models as well. Yeah, you know, models that aren't doing adult. And it's worked out really well. So, okay. So break it down for me a little bit better for somebody who is totally clueless. Sure. Are we talking about true fans is a different social media site? Is it an alternative to something like Patreon? Like Exactly. So true fans is a social media platform that gives the content creator complete control. So if you are a podcaster, right, Kevin? Yeah. So let's say you give, you, you've got your podcast, even this podcast, let's say 10% of it, you upload onto your, your true fans. Maybe that's the behind the scenes before we started this actual podcast or the, the last 10% of it where you ask me questions that only your true fans on your platform okay. get to hear and see. So it's a great way for, for creators to start monetizing their content and getting paid to post. Yeah. It becomes your alternative social media where okay. basically folks have to subscribe to unlock your, your content. Okay. That's cool. That's real cool. Mm-hmm. That's pretty awesome. Pretty, pretty awesome. So I, I have to ask this, what made you so like compelled to get into this space? Because I mean, you wouldn't consider that you were like a content creator yourself. How how did you even realize that this was such an issue and then compelled so much to want to do something about it? I just, I saw, I, I knew that this was a, a paradigm on social media. It was the chain, the necessary change that will continue to unfold. And I think, you know, that was compelling enough to realize that we could be that platform for people that help them build their dreams out and and monetize their content and get the get the promotion that they they deserve and need and then also the funds yes. that they deserve as well it's very fair exactly. in, in this relationship and i think that's the future man you know i, I yes. don't want to go down the channel of like blockchain and such but yeah <laughs> you know that that is what the expectation will be in the future is that that relationship of give take that cohesive collaborative sort of platform, if you will, versus the old school method of just, you know, yeah. extracting and harvesting and taking and, you know, really yes. poor percentages. I think that's the thing in the past because we've yes. got a conglomeration of reasons. I think it'll be a, a thing in the past. It's just not as effective. 
yeah, has a cohesive relationship. But the future of of social media, I believe, is empowered individual creators that will have their own platform. And you know, as we progress, the bigger picture for for true fans is just to be the back end to a lot of people's front end. Yeah. So to be the geek squad, if you will, that allows them to have their own color scheme, their own domain, their own, you know, nobody really cares about you know, people. People care more so about the creator than they do about what LLC is empowering that creator. <laughs> and we know that. And that's that's totally fine by us. It's within our best interest to support content creators globally. Yeah. So that's where our focus is. And that's where we're trying to skate to, if you will. Yeah, I think that's the future. Well, I I love it. I love it. And uh, man, I'm super excited. I'm selfishly was very interested in this podcast because I I wasn't real familiar with true fans. I'd heard of it, but didn't know a whole lot about it. But it's very cool. I love the fact of just the way that you've you've come about this idea from a very just like natural progression. And it sounds incredible. Where can can anyone who is listening, who's a content creator, they're interested, where can people go to, to learn more about True Fans? Yeah. So they can just go to truefanswithaz.com. Okay. And they can look at some of the featured creators. You can read about us. You can see, you can watch the videos that are on there as well. If they do want to gain access, they can they can select the create account button that will lead them to an application form. We're 100% invite only, right? So they can apply and um, just know that there is somebody manually reviewing that. So your your best ability to communicate why we should let you in will be advantageous. <laughs> yeah. Not don't just put high. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that won't that won't get you in. No, no, no. There's power in hello for other reasons, not not for this. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, Tim, dude. I just want to thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your busy day to, to come on the podcast, to share, you know, your story. What I think is cool about your, your story is not being afraid to make a change in life. And, you know, I think so many times we get stuck in a rut where we we're doing one thing and we think, okay, we're doing it. And even if we're not happy, we just keep doing it because that's what society tells us we're supposed to do. And yeah, I look at your story and I think this guy's an inspiration to us all that, you know what, if you have a spark, if you have an idea, the slightest inkling that maybe there's something else out there for you, take the leap. Definitely. No, I, I think, you know, and what I tell folks is be more afraid of regret than failure. Yes. Because at the end of your life, the exciting things, which some people define them as fear, they're afraid or I'm nervous, you know, redefine those as exciting and pursue the things that excite you because that is life at the end of the day, you know, like pursuing the things that make us a little uneasier, a little, <laughs> a little apprehensive even. Yeah. At times, those are the things that, that end up opening big doors. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, well, Tim, honestly, man, thank you so much. It means the world to me to have you on the podcast. So, so thank you. No, I'm, I'm glad to be here uh, with you, Kevin, and, and look forward to staying in touch too, man. Yeah. Well, fantastic. And for you listening today, you know, I think it goes without saying, 
you might want to stay tuned about possibly being on True Fans at some point. So just a little wink, wink, nudge, nudge. All right, guys, <laughs> that's enough of the winks and the nudges. You guys get out of here, and I'll uh, check you again next week. And that's the lowdown with Kevin Lowe. I hope today's episode inspired you, motivated you, and excited you to get out and enjoy life, no matter what obstacles may be standing in the way.